Welcome to the Hello Someday podcast, the podcast for busy women who are ready to drink less and live more. I'm Casey McGuire-Davidson, ex-red wine girl turned life coach, helping women create lives they love without alcohol. But it wasn't that long ago that I was anxious, overwhelmed, and drinking a bottle of wine a night to unwind. I thought that wine was the glue holding my life together, helping me cope with my kids, my stressful job, and my busy life. I didn't realize that my love affair with drinking was making me more anxious and less able to manage my responsibilities. In this podcast, my goal is to teach you the tried and true secrets of creating and living a life you don't want to escape from. Each week, I'll bring you tools, lessons, and conversations to help you drink less and live more. I'll teach you how to navigate our drinking-obsessed culture without a buzz, how to sit with your emotions when you're lonely or angry, frustrated or overwhelmed, how to self-soothe without a drink, and how to turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst-case scenario to the best decision of your life. I am so glad you're here. Now let's get started. Hey there. I've got some big news for you that I have been not so patiently waiting to tell you about. After six months away, my super popular, completely free masterclass is back and it's better than ever. I've been working on it for months. So if you have been struggling to get sober momentum, please go to hellosomedaycoaching.com forward slash class. You can sign up for my free training, Five Secrets to Taking a Break from Drinking, even if you've tried and failed in the past. In this 60-minute masterclass, I am going to share with you all the things you need to stop doing because they're setting you up for self-sabotage and what you need to start doing instead. I am giving you the steps and the mindset shifts that I go through every day with my private coaching clients, and it is completely free. So if you are sober curious, if you've been thinking about taking a break from alcohol, this class is going to set you up for success. I promise you it is worth your time. So hit pause on this episode, go to hellosomedaycoaching.com forward slash class and save your seat. Hi there. This episode is all about sober travel and how to enjoy being alcohol free on vacation. We're going to give you tips, tricks, and strategies for not only staying sober on your next vacation, but really, really enjoying the process. And I thought that this would be the perfect episode to tell you about Athletic Brewing Company. Now, they are not sponsoring this. This is not an ad, but I'm really excited because I just became an athletic brewing company ambassador. I applied because I am a huge fan of their non-alcoholic beers. Trust me, in over five years since I've quit drinking, I have tried all the non-alcoholic options. And athletic brewing company, in my opinion, is the absolute best non-alcoholic beer. Plus, it's a really cool company. And because I'm an athletic brewing company ambassador, I get to share the love. So you can save 20% off your first online order with the code KCD20 at checkout. You can go to hellosomedaycoaching.com forward slash athletic 
and use code KCD20, or just go to athleticbrewingcompany.com and use that code. My absolute favorite non-alcoholic beer of theirs is Upside Dawn, which is a golden. I also love Run Wild, which is an IPA, and Free Wave, which is a hazy IPA. But I think that they're all amazing. And I know that if you've been listening to this podcast, you've heard me talk about them before. And I thought it was a perfect time to talk about athletic, to talk about non-alcoholic beer, because in our episode about sober vacations, about alcohol-free travel, I know that the idea of not drinking on vacation can trip a lot of people up. A lot of people can't imagine going to Mexico or Europe or Italy or wherever it is without drinking. And I'm here to not only tell you it can be done, but also that it can be amazing. So when I recently went to Amsterdam, I was surprised and so happy that non-alcoholic beer was everywhere. And it was really good. And I have friends who've gone to Hawaii just last week and shipped their athletic brewing company beer there so they would be able to find it and enjoy it as they go along. So in the ambassadors group, the people there are really inspiring. A lot of them are athletes. They're ultra runners and skimboarders and hikers and climbers and trail runners and Ironmen. I mean, I am completely intimidated by the people in there, but it is amazing to watch their adventures. And many of them have quit drinking and have said that they love craft beer and the ability to drink this awesome, tasty craft beer has really helped them on their sober journey. But others are just super aware of how bad alcohol is for your body, for your performance, for your ability to race and your recovery time. And so they've switched to non-alcoholic beer so they can enjoy the taste without hurting their bodies. So if you're interested, if you want to try non-alcoholic beer, highly recommend trying Athletic Brewing Company. You can save 20% on your first online order with the code KCD20. And you can go to hellosomedaycoaching.com forward slash athletic, or you can just go to athleticbrewingcompany.com. So let me know if you try it. Let me know if you like it. You can go on Instagram and find me at Casey M. Davidson and take a picture of your Athletic Brewing Company beer and tag me in it. And I hope you really enjoy this episode on all things sober travel and alcohol-free vacations. Hi there. I'm really excited about this podcast episode because we are talking all things alcohol-free vacations and sober travel. I've actually had a number of requests to do a podcast about this subject. I know it's something that trips a lot of women up when they're thinking about not drinking or in early sobriety because we have such strong associations with vacations airports, travel, and drinking. And I was waiting until I could find the perfect guest to do this episode. And a few weeks ago, the New York Times did a story on how sober travel was gaining in popularity. And in the article, my guest, Lauren Bernison and her company, We Love Lucid, was highlighted as one of the company's leading the alcohol-free vacation and sober travel movement. So Lauren is here. We're going to talk about all things 
planning and going on sober vacations, how to enjoy a holiday without booze, and practical ways you can start doing that today. Lauren is a lover of all things travel, culture, and alcohol-free life. She created We Love Lucid, an alcohol-free travel company in 2019. After becoming aware of the real lack of travel options for the sober and the sober curious, Lauren was born in Northern Ireland, a country known for its not so healthy drinking habits. Lauren has lived and worked and traveled all over the world. She quit booze in 2016 while living and working in South Korea, which she says has been the best decision of her life. She currently lives in Edinburgh, Scotland. Lauren is a keen linguist, speaking four languages, which is amazing, loves adventure, and is super passionate about spreading the sober travel bug. So Lauren, thanks for being here. Hi, Casey. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I was really excited when we talked earlier because I was incredibly nervous about traveling without alcohol and going on vacation. And now I absolutely love sober travel and actually wish I could go back to every destination that I've traveled to in my life and do it alcohol free. Yeah, it's kind of um, it's kind of one of those things that people get get quite nervous about, isn't it? You know, like whenever they do decide to to quit or they're they're super curious it's like a birthday or a christmas you know people find it hard to imagine what that situation would be like without alcohol so that's why things like this are really good for giving people ideas uh, tried and tested ideas of of how that might look like and you know once they actually give it a go they'll find out it's not as bad as they think yeah absolutely and we have such strong associations with vacation being a time when you're going out to restaurants, you're going to resorts, or you're traveling around and alcohol is sort of offered at many times during the day. But the truth is that there is likely so much more that you could be doing and exploring and experiencing on your vacations or at every destination that you likely don't even look up for when you're drinking. Yeah, do you know, that's a funny one. People associate it and, you know, all the marketing makes us kind of think that alcohol consumption equals relaxation. But if you really think about it, and it might not be the case, in it, you know, for everyone, but there's really only a, a short time where you, you might actually feel relaxed. And um, it can actually be quite stressful being hungover. And oh, goodness, I, you know, there's nothing relaxing about that, in my opinion. But what you said, yeah, there there really are so many other things that people could be getting out doing on holiday that are going to be more fulfilling. And um, just to start off with a few examples, whenever I quit drinking, I really focused on, on cultural based activities. And whether that was doing a cooking class, whether that was doing a language class, and also foodie. Yeah, I mean, I think we spoke before, and you mentioned about the doing the ice cream, doing an ice cream call, uh, crawl, like a gelato crawl, when I went to Venice, Italy, because I was so used to having a glass of wine everywhere, and I was with my eight-year-old son, and I think I would have done it even without him. But there, you know, we're so focused on the alcohol. And yet in Venice, in Italy, other places like gelato is 
something that people adore as well and is a specialty. And so I never used to do that. I was saving all my calories for wine. Oh my gosh. Can we talk about perimenopause, menopause, and postmenopause for a minute? I am 48. So if you're going through it, I'm right there with you. I mean, hot flashes and night sweats, racing thoughts, the low moods, the poor sleep, it is not cool. And that's why I was really excited to find a supplement called Hormone Harmony by Happy Mammoth. It contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors like those super fun hormonal changes. It helps reduce menopause symptoms head on. And if you're interested in trying it, you can use the code HELLO for 15% off your first order. Women cannot stop raving about it on social media, but the biggest benefit is the simplest, feeling like yourself again. So if you're going through this, like I'm going through this, for a limited time, you can get 15% off your first order at happymammoth.com with promo code HELLO. That's happy, M-A-M-M-O-T-H.com. And use promo code HELLO for 15% off your first order. Yeah, there's just so so many other things to explore. And when you're in that different mindset and you're focusing on the booze and you're focusing on the, the wine, you just you just don't realize. I mean, if you're going away somewhere with loads of nature, a lot of nature, beautiful landscapes, there's like outdoor things you could do. And it really is just about doing the research, isn't it? Yes. Planning, planning is key. And there is so much you can do when you're thinking about a vacation or getting excited for a vacation where you can envision it for the first time and get excited about it without alcohol. You just have to spend some time thinking it through and sort of discovering what's there so you don't go on autopilot or put yourself in situations or with company where all you're doing is being surrounded by drinks and and saying no over and over again. So I would totally want to dive into all the ideas so anyone listening can get really inspired and and actual ha- actually have practical tools that they can start implementing. Yeah, great idea. Well, I, I really liked your your suggestion when we spoke before about using Pinterest. And I mean, Pinterest is such a wonderful resource, mainly because it's quite visual, isn't it? So people can really get into, you know, they can start to feel good about how, what that might look like. Um, they can check out different blogs, see, see what, you know, it depends, depends what kind of travel you are. If you like to go to all the sort of typical places or if you like, the more sort of eat off the beaten track type places. But yeah, I mean, the internet has so many resources there. Yeah. I know that where I started when I was first, you know, planning a big trip without alcohol is I actually took to Facebook and sort of crowdsourced and said, you know, put it out there saying, hi, friends, excited. I want to plan a trip to Europe next year, kind of thinking 10 days, two weeks, like got really specific and said on our past trips, we've loved Paris and Dubrovnik and Tuscany. And I said, I love photography and city bike tours, reading books in parks, 
exploring all the cities, beautiful countryside scooters. And then also said, this is just me. I'm not a museum girl. And I quit drinking two years ago. So no wine tasting destinations with nothing else to do. And got so many, literally 50 people coming back with just incredible. I did a bike tour in Spain. Barcelona was amazing for the food. Going, have you gone hiking in Corsica? What about a stopover in Iceland, Portugal? Like so many ideas. And I loved also that all of my friends, most of which I'd say 90% of with drink, who were completely and totally on board with like, go to Morocco, do it, you know, all this good stuff. Yeah, no, that is that is a really great idea. And to be honest, I use Facebook mainly for this reason, for getting suggestions for things. And it, it really is. And it makes you feel, you know, it's not that you're just Googling, oh, where to go, what to do. Whenever people are giving you those recommendations, they're, they're things people have tried themselves. And it just makes you feel a whole lot better about it. And even, you know, people might give you links for specific companies that you can go with and it's just really really helpful and I wanted to suggest as well there's a Facebook group called girls traveling sober and yeah it's made up of well yeah sober girls that don't drink who just love traveling basically and people ask for suggestions like this all the time and you know there might be people on there that like myself just quit and didn't necessarily follow any kind of program but there's also people on there who do and that's the kind of thing they're looking for and everyone's really supportive so definitely I would check that out girls traveling sober or like you said just ask within your own friends group and the good thing is, I mean, you said your your other friends start commenting. You know, that could even get people thinking, well, actually, there there is loads of really cool things out there. There are loads of cool things that I could do uh, that don't have to involve around booze. Yeah. And one of the things that I think is sort of ironic, and I know I've experienced it, and a lot of my clients, is so many of us want to go on vacation because we're kind of burnt out we are tired, we want something, you know, relaxation. I know in that New York Times uh, article that your company was mentioned in, I'll link to it in the show notes. Its name was Hold the Tequila, The Sunrise is All Some Travelers Need. They talked about how 29% of respondents in a poll said they plan to take an alcohol-free trip. And 47% said that wellness and mental health were among their top motivators for travel. And the, you know, the thing is that when you go and you're drinking, so many of us come home really hungover and tired and exhausted and trying to jump back into our lives. And we sort of miss the entire reason that we wanted to get away. Yeah, do you know, I can totally relate to that. And what I often found is when I went away on a holiday, it was usually the last couple of days that I ended up the worst. And I ended up with the worst hangover and the, the least amount of sleep. It's almost like if you're trying to get in shape for an event and it's on those specific days that you end up, you know, eating the most or it's that kind of thing. But um, yeah, definitely. You know, I think there's this sort of general realization these days, and you'll find this in the workplace as well, that 
you know, burning yourself out and working yourself into the ground. And we re- people are really starting to take care of themselves in many different ways. And I think this is sort of spilling over into the vacation time as well. People don't want to go away on holiday and then come back and need another holiday. You know, they're looking for more of a feel-good holiday that's going to be emotionally and physically, you know, fulfilling and replenishing. Yeah, yeah. And just to touch back on the idea of Pinterest, because we talked about that, and that is absolutely one of my favorite tools. So after I got all the ideas from my friends of where they've gone in love, just trying to spur them, I we ended up deciding to go to Amsterdam and Greece. Those were two places neither, you know, I or my husband had been and places that a lot of my friends kept being like, oh my God, Amsterdam, photography, biking, canals, things to do, walking tours, all the stuff. And so I created two travel boards on Pinterest and it really is important what types of things you search. So I did this when I went to Paris too. So instead of searching the most romantic restaurants, you can find those too, but a lot of them will feature the wine and the drinks and the cocktails. I searched like uh, most Instagram worthy photography places because they can get you to really beautiful places. I love photography or best brunch places. Um, you can also look up, you know, bike tours, scooter tours, uh, the most hidden coffee shops, which I love too, or walking. I love hiking as well. And then another thing I loved was you can search like Paris with kids. Now, when I went to Paris, I didn't bring my kids. But what you can guarantee is that there are things to do that are not centered around alcohol. And there's like this most gorgeous Ferris wheel in Paris that I found on the Paris with kids search and pinning those boards on Pinterest. And just all these articles come up that that kind of helps you just sort of narrow it down and get creative. Yeah, there's just so many gems out there. That there really are. And you know, when you're in that world of, you know, focusing on the booze, when you do go to places, you tend to think that that's what everybody does. But it's not the case at all. And there are so many other people out there do, you know, creating these articles and providing this information online. And you can really find so many interesting things to do um on a just yeah i just wanted to to talk about one of the other things that i did which was more of a, an immersive kind of experience and uh, for those who, who are really into that kind of thing but um yeah i'm really into when i go to a place in a new country i really like to experience the culture like to stay with the local people but uh, there's various platforms you can use. One is called uh, Workaway, and you can go and, for example, stay on a farm, an organic farm, and they give you accommodation. And uh, you do a little bit of work every day for them, and you learn. You can learn a skill, for example, how to how to cultivate different vegetables, things like that. So there really is a. So there are so many things out there that you can do. Um, couch surfing it's actually a, a platform I don't know if you've heard of it it's a, a cultural exchange where you can go and stay in someone's house it's usually a give and take thing you you know you a lot of people would expect you to do not for them but 
open your house to travelers as well. I've, I've received guests in my house. I've also stayed in, in other people's houses doing that while traveling. And that's just amazing. You know, they take you and show you around and uh, you, you just do really local kind of experiences. So I would encourage people to look into all of these things um, when they're thinking about alternative activities. Yeah. And I want to ask you about, of course, your company, We Love Lucid, and some of, you know, what they're like, the activities you can expect, but also like how you choose your destinations. How do you, I'm sure it's based on feedback, but also what inspires you when you're looking at a place to go where you're like, okay, I'm doing an alcohol-free vacation. What is exciting? Where should I explore? Yeah, so, well, first of all, for anybody who doesn't know, what we do is create these epic uh, travel experiences, group travel experiences for solo travelers who may be sober or super curious. And um, so when we're choosing locations, it's really a lot of it's a mixture of uh, places that, that I know about, that I've been contacts that I have, and choosing places that people might not think to go on their own but that don't, you know, that are still within the realms of possibility and that they're maybe not too intimidating for people like Antarctica and the like. But that maybe is probably down the line. But, um, yeah, that's really what it's about. It's about getting people interested in, in, in parts of the world that they maybe wouldn't have thought about going to before because there's so many beautiful hidden gems out there, really gorgeous places that people don't know about. Um, because it, it what it does, it gives people a sense of, confidence as well uh, when they go to these new places which is maybe pushing themselves out of their comfort zone a little bit for them and that it, that's the kind of idea that's the same idea with the activities that we do as well that sounds amazing I love that and I know you have talked about different destinations that you've been to particularly I think Berlin is one that you were excited about coming up yeah, so so you mean one of the the trips that we yeah we're planning? Yeah, that was planned for this year actually. Uh, I was really excited about that, but we've postponed it until next year. And uh, on that trip, it's a bit of an alternative, quirky kind of trip. We have a, a street art uh, night tour. We have a trip to a Cold War, a deserted Cold War spy station. Uh, we're also going to be canoeing around the city, checking the city out from a canoe, which is a really really great perspective. And uh, we've got a virtual reality escape room and some some other foodie elements to the trip as well. So uh, the city trips, definitely, they are popular. And uh, we like to do a mix of these city kind of trips and then more rural trips with uh, some more outdoor stuff. Yeah. And what are those rural trips like? Like any place you've gone and loved in the past? Yeah, so so basically I was inspired to create this business in a little town, little whitewash village in the south of Spain called uh, Ronda. And I started out with the trips in Ronda. It's absolutely beautiful. It's up in this, I don't, I don't know if anybody's seen it before, it's a huge big gorge with a massive bridge. And it's just this very typical Andalusian type village Um and there they have a beautiful lake nearby and we did moonlight kayaking. It was wow. a full, full moon kayaking and uh, a night tour and things like that. So I really love places like that. They're 
you know, okay, it's the south of Spain, it's accessible for people, but it's not somewhere that they maybe thought of going before. It's somewhere authentic where they can experience authentic Spanish culture. And we tend to stay away. Well, of course, places like Berlin have got tourists and many tourists go there. But we like to include lots of places as well that are off the beaten track a little bit and not, you know, not the typical tourist food, not the typical tourist uh, activities. Yeah. And I love as well, I know when I've traveled before, like doing your research before and finding sort of the smaller local people who can kind of take you around maybe in a group of like six or eight people. Um, I know that like when I travel, when I travel alcohol free, planning is really important to me. So for example, when I went to Hawaii recently, or when I went to Greece, I wanted to go on a snorkeling tour in Hawaii and a sunset boat tour in Greece off Santorini. I very specifically did not choose the big 50 person party boat with unlimited drinks. I was like, okay, I want to go for one that's that's smaller, fewer people, you know, featuring other things. Of course, there will, you know, be drinks there most likely. But if it's not the focus and you're not surrounded by other people who, like I used to be, getting your drink on is the most important thing, that can really help. We went to Croatia and went to the island of Havar and did this off-road tour that picked us up and and took us into the mountains. We did a hike. We traveled around somewhere for a lunch where they just brought out these amazing food and went to Lavender Field. And again, that's very different than going to a beach bar for the day. We still went to the beach, but we saw so much other stuff too and were more active because you kind of did your research ahead of time. So you don't just sit there and look around and say, oh my God, everybody's drinking. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. I don't know about you, but I cannot believe how fast this year is flying by. We're all busy, but one of the most important things you can do to make sure you're on the right path is to carve out some time to celebrate your victories and to notice what you've wanted to change but haven't been able to yet. Whether you're navigating sobriety, setting boundaries, or striving to be the best version of yourself, therapy can be a game changer. Therapy is for anyone looking for growth and support. And if you're considering it, why not give BetterHelp a try? It's convenient, it's flexible, and it's entirely online. So take a moment for yourself and visit betterhelp.com forward slash someday to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash someday. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely much more of a fulfilling experience. And what you were saying there about you know looking for the, the smaller group activities, people nowadays, they really want authentic experiences. Because at the end of the day, with an authentic experience, you feel more connected. You feel more connected to the local culture. And that's what us humans are really all about at the end of the day is connection. I mean, a lot of people, and there would be certain countries, uh, you might get people from certain countries that visit a country where they don't speak the language. And they, they, they prefer big, 
groups because it's safety. And I get that. That's fine. But, you know, the likes of us going to somewhere like Greece or going to Hawaii, you know, there's no there's no real need for that. And you really can just venture off uh, on these little small group tours and get just uh, that bit of extra connection, which is just, like I mentioned, so much more fulfilling. Yeah, yeah. And I think that, you know, I know it's not all about big European vacations or to fancy places. I think, you know, I've certainly gone camping with my kids and my husband or on road trips. Regardless of where you go, I think that as women, a lot of times we're trying to make everyone else happy. We're trying to make sure that like there's harmony in the family. I know I do, that my husband's happy, that my son's happy. And I think that when you are ready to stop drinking and you're thinking of travel, one of the most important things you can do is think about what would be fun for you first and prioritizing that. What would a relaxing vacation look like? What would an adventurous vacation look like? Where do you want to stay? And then you can think about everyone else and make it a win-win. But just because your husband wants to go to an all-inclusive in Mexico, where you guys have always drank, that doesn't mean that you should stay there or a place where you have such strong associations with alcohol in the past. So, you know, even going to a different camping destination where you can focus on the amazing coffee in the morning or a cool hike or laying on a beach or going for a kayak, just it helps sometimes to go to a new destination and it really helps to not go to a place where the primary goal for most people is to drink. You know, just don't set yourself up to be tortured. Yeah. Do you know, Casey, it's a really good point. And it, it's probably one of the most important points that I would um, I would talk about when, when, when people talk about sober travel. And you can use this kind of tactic for just real life when you quit alcohol as well. You're not going to quit alcohol and go to a party where, you know, the next day where the booze will be everywhere and you feel really triggered. And it, like you said, you'd be torturing yourself. And um, in the same way, uh, if you, you know, the thought of going on a holiday to a fully inclusive where you know you're just going to feel terrible it's just a terrible idea at the end of the day. And you do, like you said, you really need to prioritize yourself here. And, you know, if you are, it is your husband that's used to going to this all-inclusive, hopefully they would be open to trying something new as well. And, uh, yeah, you really need to, you need to put yourself first. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just think it through as well. Like, if everybody drinks around the pool or there's big happy hours at, you know, 4 p.m., 5 p.m., sometimes 3 p.m. if you're on vacation, you know, you can ask your partner to take care of the kids at that time or swim with the kids and you can go for a walk by yourself. You can go for a bike ride. You can take a nap in a hammock. You can, you know, and trade off, right? You can be like, hey, how about I take the kids in the morning and then at this time, you kind of use the time to reset. So you're not sort of enduring a drinking activity for multiple hours when you're not drinking. And by the way, you're going to figure out that you absolutely love that. You know, you love walking with a friend, you love time alone, you love reading your book, and you never actually got that before. Yeah, 
It's just it's the same way it applies to real life. It's not just a case of making the decision not to drink or cut down drinking. There are other changes that you have to make and you can't just expect to continue being in the same, exactly the same environment and doing the same thing because it's an, it'll be an uphill struggle. And like you said, people often, you know, we need to focus on the positives. You might find that you you love these, you know, might take up some new hobby or you might realize yeah, this is actually really, I'm really enjoying this. Whenever people quit, they tend to focus on the what they're, they're missing out because they haven't had those experiences yet, those fulfilling experiences. And then as time goes on, they start to have more of those. And then they think less about what they're missing out on and actually think, well, I wasn't really missing out on that much in yeah. the first place. I mean, I think even just imagining that your world is getting bigger and more exciting and you're bringing in new experiences when you travel alcohol-free rather than feeling like you're missing out. So even just putting that intention out there as you're going on this trip, like I can't wait to see what this feels like when I'm not drinking. I can't wait to mix it up and do something new. That can really sort of shift your mindset into a new place. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It really is just about changing your mindset. And I just thought of an, one other thing that people could do. It depends on whether you're traveling alone or whether how, how much uh, influence you have over the destination. But some people choose to go to places like Morocco or other countries where there isn't such a, a big boozy scene. And some people might find that quite useful. Um, I went to Oman when when I quit drinking. I had the choice of going. I was supposed to go to Dubai because my sister uh, was living in Dubai at the time, but she had to leave. And I thought, well, Oman just seems a lot more interesting and up my street. Dubai, well, Dubai, you know, big party place. And, um, and I absolutely loved it. I stayed with the an Omani family for about a month in their huge big villa. Wow. And, well, they basically left me to it because they were busy and it was Ramadan at the time. And I hadn't realized it was Ramadan. And um, so that was that was quite challenging in 40 degree heat because the guest visitors aren't allowed to drink and eat either during daylight hours. So I would probably check. I would check if you're going to a, a Muslim country, check, check when Ramadan is just to make sure uh, you're going to be okay with that if you end up there at that time. But yeah, another another really good tip. And the other thing, just in terms of getting super practical, is um, you can, and I know for business travel, this is really big, or when you're traveling alone, I don't know about you, but like my favorite thing was drinking in my hotel room by myself. Um, somehow, I thought that was really awesome. And so I used to always go down to the hotel bar, have a couple of drinks, and then like ask them for a glass to go. So yes, I was super classy. But when you go to a hotel, you can really easily call ahead and say, hey, I don't drink. Do you mind taking the alcohol out of the mini bar? And that, by the way, is no big deal. The people at the front desk don't care. The you, people to removing that shit don't, doesn't care. But you're not sort of, especially in the early days, alone in a hotel room with alcohol by yourself, you know, away. And so that can be a great thing to do in advance. I know when we went to Amsterdam or when we go to Airbnbs, a lot of times they advertise in the Airbnb, oh, and we're going to leave you this bottle of wine 
or people comment on how nice that was. I just in my notes say, and by the way, I don't drink. So no need to leave the wine. But if you have anything else awesome that's non-alcoholic, that would be lovely. And that, again, you're not having the conversation. You're not walking in and they're sort of presenting you, here's your wine. It's just off the table. And it really is not a big deal. Um, the other thing is airports. Like on business trips, I used to... Hi there. If you're listening to this episode and have been trying to take a break from drinking, but keep starting and stopping and starting again, I want to invite you to take a look at my on-demand coaching course, the Sobriety Starter Kit. The Sobriety Starter Kit is an online self-study sober coaching course that will help you quit drinking and build a life you love without alcohol, without white knuckling it, or hating the process. The course includes the exact step-by-step coaching framework I work through with my private coaching clients, but at a much more affordable price than one-on-one coaching. And the Sobriety Starter Kit is ready, waiting, and available to support you anytime you need it. And when it fits into your schedule, you don't need to work your life around group meetings, or classes at a specific day or time. This course is not a 30-day challenge or a a one-day-at-a-time approach. Instead, it's a step-by-step formula for changing your relationship with alcohol. The course will help you turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst-case scenario to the best decision of your life. You will sleep better and have more energy You'll look better and feel better. You'll have more patience and less anxiety. And with my approach, you won't feel deprived or isolated in the process. So if you're interested in learning more about all the details, please go to www.sobrietystarterkit.com. You can start at any time, and I would love to see you in the course. You know, my coworkers after a big meeting were flying home, they would all go to the bar and I used to too. Um, one thing I did was I started going to those massage places in the, in the airports. I would go there, put my name on the list, usually a 20 minute wait. And, you know, I thought I'd be missing out on all this debrief and bonding. I really wasn't. I never after the fact you know, felt like I had missed out on some great opportunity. But instead, I probably spent the exact same money on a massage that I would have spent on drinks. And I'm just like, hey, I never get a chance to do this. My life is so busy. It was lovely. And I get to come back and talk to them, but they're sort of wrapping up. Yeah, no, those are really, really valuable tips, I'd say. And personally, I wasn't, uh, I haven't been in the same situation because whenever I, I quit drinking, then I came back and I, I've been working in We Love Listed. But I do have friends that talked about uh, what you said in the hotel. They would associate the hotel with with drinking quite a lot. And even though I did do that in the past, uh, nowadays, I don't, yeah, I, I, I was about to say I haven't really been traveling with work, but that's 
kind of obvious because of the yeah but your travel is amazing because you always get to be around cool people on these alcohol-free adventures yeah that's true I mean until now I have been I've been leading the trips I've been the main person leading them but um the, the plan was always to step away from that role and get other lots of other people involved and that's what's happening now I, I mentioned to you that I'm a I'm pregnant, so I've got six weeks left until I. Oh, congratulations! Yeah, and it's all it's all been happening, and so so yeah, it, travel is a big part of my job, and I'm planning to continue that. The I like the sussing out of the places uh, more so these days. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and I think you know you mentioned you're pregnant, and something that has really helped me on trips is to, you know, when you have a baby, if anyone's listening has had kids, you know, in the beginning, it's like you, you put them on this rotation, right? It's like, eat, sleep, play or eat, play, place, sleep. It's like this round robin, right? You just, I used to call it like feeding the meter with each one of those, right? It's on this continual cycle. And when you're traveling, you kind of need to keep that in mind, too. So it's super hard to go hard all day. And by the end of the day, not having your willpower being run down, especially if you're with kids, but even by yourself. So, you know, what I found is I went to like Disney and Universal with my kids. And what we would do is go in the morning and then after lunch, come back to the hotel, um, jump in the pool, take a nap, take some downtime and then go back in the evening. Same thing when we went to Greece or even Mexico, like taking a break and having that time planned so you can sort of rest and recoup um, helps you not be exhausted by the end of the day. And just planning that in is really great. Yeah, definitely. It's something that I'm going to have to think about uh, moving forward. It's kind of unknown territory for me, but uh, I'm definitely planning to keep doing what I'm doing and I'm traveling when when the baby comes along. It'll just be it'll just be a little bit, quite a bit different. Yeah, yeah. In the beginning, you can you can go almost anywhere, but as they get older, you know, in the toddler years, you definitely yeah. you know have to adjust a little bit better. We went to Hawaii when my son was four months old at the end of my maternity leave, and that was really cool as well. Yeah, yeah. Hawaii. I've got I've got a good friend there. Um, I, I think I mentioned to him, mentioned him to you before. When I quit drinking in South Korea, and um, that weekend that I quit drinking, I was just about to head off on a on a trip, and uh, things had gotten really pretty bad for me there. And I decided, right, this weekend I'm going off to this island. I'm going to try and not drink because something's got to change here. And I got on this bus. It was an overnight bus, a group trip. And I had an empty seat beside me. And a guy comes up and he said, oh, can I sit beside you? And I, you know, wasn't necessarily feeling like chatting so much because I was, you know, I was at the end of my tether, basically. But um, it turned out he was Korean-American and and he had quit drinking also uh, around the same age. He was a little bit older than me. And um, that was just such a, a good support for me. We became friends. Uh, his name's Sam. He lives in Hawaii now, and uh, I, I'd love to put a trip together, a We Love Listen trip, hopefully with his help. I'm um, not sure if you'd if see this, but uh, yeah, I'd love to do a trip there in Hawaii. It's just funny how you these people come into your life in times when 
you, you know, I, I was in a desperate situation there. And, uh, well, yeah, just, and part of that happened because you were actually open, right? Did you yeah. sort of mention to him that you, you know, were needing to take a break from alcohol, that you didn't want to drink on this trip or that you were in a place where you were needing to walk away from it? Like, how did that come up? Yeah, I must have because it, it, I'm, I brought the topic up. I can't remember how exactly, but I must, I think I mentioned to him, that uh, I decided to quit drinking at that at that time, and uh, he then said, "Well, I actually quit so many years ago." And I was like, "Really?" Because you know, at the time, I was living in an expat community in South Korea, and there was literally, in my mind, no one, including Korean Koreans, drink quite a lot. There was no one that didn't drink, or there was no one that was going through what I was going through. So yeah, it was. It, it, I was being open about it, and. Um, I suppose when you first do quit, you are, you, you, you do tend to be quite open and you share quite a yeah. lot. Well, you're sort of in that vulnerable position. Yeah. And this is something really big that yeah. you're doing in your life. So it's hard to not talk about it at all. I mean, I remember I was taking guitar lessons at my home when I was stopped, stopping drinking. It was sort of one of those, like I used to play guitar for years and then after I started drinking a lot and had my kids, I just, I hadn't played in like six years. And so I was like, okay, I'm not drinking. I'm taking my money I would have spent on booze and I'm going to take some guitar lessons again. And the guy showed up and he was like, so what inspired you to do this again? And I was like, well, actually, I recently stopped drinking. And so I'm jumping into this. And he was like, oh, I stopped drinking seven years ago. And it's just the world. There are so many people out there who don't drink and you kind of make those connections when yeah. you start. Cause he was like, good for you. That's amazing. And I, I kind of needed to hear that. Yeah, no, totally. There's so many more people out there that don't drink than you think. And yeah. cause you just imagine that everybody does and you're like, who doesn't drink? I mean, well, when you look that. at that survey from the New York times, literally in their research, they said 29, percent of people or 29% of people said that they plan to take an alcohol free trip. That's a huge percentage of people. And yeah. of course, not all of them are wanting to quit drinking, but the sort of sober curious, the health and wellness, like there is more out there, both people and opportunities, than you know, because you haven't been looking for it. Yeah, exactly. The whole sober curious movement is is huge. I mean, that wasn't my case. I, I decided to quit for good because, yeah, it, just the best decision for me. But I think it's great if, you know, there's people out there, they, you know, they decide on a random night out just to drink an alcohol-free drink. They don't want to feel like crap the next day. I mean, yeah, it, it's really growing here in the UK as well. It's really, really good to see. Well, and one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you after reading this article on the feature on We Love Lucid is you're one of the companies out there that are offering alcohol-free vacations, sober travel adventure, and experiences that are not 12-step based. So tell me about that and how your trips are maybe different from some of the other ones out there. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. That's actually something that sets us apart from most of the 
the companies. I mean, there are not a lot of companies um, around that are that are doing what I'm doing, which is great for me. It gives me a really good head start, and uh, I'm really happy to be to be leading this movement. Uh, but yes, there there are a few out there, and most of them include or incorporate some kind of twelve uh, step program uh, into the trips. And um, when I was doing the research at the beginning, I I really thought, yeah, it would be good to have something trips for people who don't necessarily who didn't go down that road because it can be um, perhaps a little bit uh, unfamiliar or intimidating for somebody who is maybe say just sober curious. Or is, or is quitting drinking, but is not into the 12 step, um, you know, framework, which I did. Um, I also knew that I needed to stop drinking. I had, you know, tried to moderate for years and was, was definitely not, um, just sober curious. It was, it was definitely an issue in my life, but I was not going down the 12 step route. So I needed to find something that, was outside of that. And I know I would have loved to go on one of your trips early on because it sounds wonderful. Yeah, you know, you're totally right. And I had a similar situation to you. I needed also, I also needed to quit, but I didn't go down the 12 step route. Uh, Some people do, some people don't. Total personal choice. But I think it's, you know, it's really important to have something out there, these alcohol-free travel experiences for, for both it means both of these people can go on these trips. And what we really do is just focus on these really invigorating experiences and connecting people, getting people to try new things together. And, uh, yeah, that, that the feedback's been great and pe- people just, uh, people just really love it. Yeah. And it, it is helpful. I know of a couple different experiences that are that are different than we love lucid but also wonderful i mean first any sort of health and wellness vacation package something yoga meditation hiking these types of things tend to clearly focus a lot less on drinking i am a she recovers coach and what have been part of the she recovers organization for many years and i one of the first trips i went on was um they do a yoga retreat to Salt Spring Island in BC. And so we stay on this gorgeous farm. Not all the women are in recovery from alcohol. You know, pe- women come who are in recovery from divorce or the loss of a loved one or cancer or, you know, all the things. But there, a lot of women have quit drinking. Um, there is no alcohol or drugs around, which is really lovely. And, you know, you get uh, three incredible meals cooked for you each day. You sit at these communal farm tables. You have yoga in the morning and the evening. You can have massages. We went to the locals farmers market, but most of what it was was talking with other women and someone would pick up a guitar and play and we would have sharing circles and nap on the lawn and sit in hammocks and talk. And it it felt like I was 16 years old again. I mean, it felt so joyful and pure. And especially as a wife and a mom and someone who worked a corporate job, I was like, you mean someone's going to take care of me for five days and I'm going to do whatever I want. And that was incredible too. Yeah. I I mean, it's just, it's the real connection. You're having real conversations 
if you think about those times where you've gone away and you've met people out and, you know, you've been drinking and, oh, goodness, and you wake up the next day thinking, what on earth was I talking? There, there's not, nothing really. You know, after a certain time, you, you just... There's yeah. nothing meaningful going on. There I often didn't remember things. I no. a lot of times I thought I was having an amazing time. I was pissing <laughs> off my husband. No shit, because I was talking to like all the guys, everyone else. I thought I was really funny. He could not drag me away from the bar, and he was bored out of his mind. I didn't. I was stumbling on the way home. You know, I couldn't remember things. I was definitely not safe. Like, thank God he was always with me, but, you know, he was sort of babysitting me. And then the yeah. next morning I was brutally hungover. So it was, yeah, when you look back, you're like, how fun was that really? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It, there's no comparison really. And you probably found that these connections that you've made with these people, they're, they're deeper connections. They're, they're less superficial. They're, they're more, they're more, more long longer lasting um, the these experiences that you're talking about with the yoga and um, they've got a kind of spiritual aspect to them and yeah. um, they're amazing and on a personal level I, I really enjoy these kinds of things too but because they they already there are there are a few of these things around so so what I'm trying to do is something a little bit different more sort of activity activity based and um, I'd love to do a retreat kind of vibe in the future, but kind of steered away for that from that for now because I love the activity based. I mean, I think that's amazing. And when you've told me about some of the trips you've taken um, since you quit drinking, I mean, they sound so adventurous. Like what were I know you were in South Korea, but after you left there, where did you go? Because I was amazed when we talked about it. Yeah, well, after South Korea, I traveled around Japan for a while. And um, I often I would choose my destinations. It'll be something that I come across uh, maybe in a book or, you know, online. I'll be like, oh, that place looks quite cool. And um, I found this island, which is actually still a, an active, was it dormant or active volcano in the in the Sea of Japan or at, it's off the east coast of Japan anyway and it's a huge big crater and there's a little town on it yeah it's an active volcano and you have to get a boat to one island and then you have to get a helicopter to another island to to the main volcanic island I can't Hogashima I think it's called and I thought wow that's it I'm going there I, I wanted just to go to the almost the, the most off the beaten track place that I could possibly think. And that was mainly to do as well because I've been living in, in Seoul, which is a, a huge city with, you know, 20 million people, including the outskirts and a lot of that mental stimulation. But, um, yeah, that was one of my first stops. I ended up, I, I, I couldn't get to the island because the boat broke down in, in the middle of the sea. And uh, But, um, yeah, after that, I went to Mongolia. Yeah. I'd always had this lifelong dream of galloping across the Mongolian steppe on horseback. And I've always loved horses from a young age, and I did that. I stayed with the nomadic people in the gares, the, the traditional houses. Uh, I went to Siberia, which was absolutely spectacular i stayed on an island there in lake baikal which is the the deepest lake in the world and the oldest lake in the world and um yeah bosnia oman just you know places where 
places that have always interested me, but I've never got around to going because I was always spending my money on booze and hanging out in bars. So yeah, completely. And when you say, because I know people listening to this may be like, oh my God, everything you're talking about is expensive and I don't have that. I mean, first you can create a vacation anywhere and, you know, look at national parks and, and, um, state parks and, and places all around you. It doesn't have to be hugely expensive, but you still, if you're like me, I drank, you know, every single day. So every vacation I had ever taken involved drinking, right? That was a huge component of it. So, you know, wherever you go, you can and take these practical steps to plan them that don't include alcohol. But also, I want to say that you will save a ton of money just not drinking. So I put this app on my phone. It was a big motivator. It's called I'm Done Drinking. And you not only calculate, yes, your days and the number of bottles not consumed, which for me was crazy. It was like 40 bottles of wine a month. So that's a lot not to ingest, but also the dollars that you're saving. So I saved $550 in my first 30 days, over 1600 in 90 days. And to date, it's been a little over five years. I've saved $35,000 not consuming poison. So yeah, go to Mongolia. I mean, you know, that's crazy and big and huge, but like you can save money for two years and go on a huge vacation, three years, four years, like dream. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, the money that I didn't even spend a lot of money on that trip, to be honest, but I was able to pay for it because in halfway through Korea, I decided to quit and I was working there as a teacher. I mean, I was a teacher. It wasn't a huge paying uh, job, but they pay for your accommodation. I think I managed to to save something like 12,000 pounds, which may be about 17 or 18,000 dollars. Just not drinking? Just not drinking and spending my money recklessly. Yeah. And I always, I mean, that was over the space of about two two years but that's amazing you know that means for a lot of sober travel honestly like I'd always have myself down as somebody who is irresponsible with money don't get me wrong I like you know I have this mentality that money comes money goes and it's almost a trust thing I I do work for it also but um yeah it it made me realize and a lot of people do this too they realize oh actually I can save quite a lot of money and put it into things that I really enjoy doing and I didn't spend all of that on my trip. I mean, I, I brought some of that back as well. But uh, by doing the different sort of cultural exchanges and things like that, my trip actually didn't cost me that much. So if you do want to go to Mongolia and these places, it, I mean, I wasn't staying in hotels. Occasionally, yes, for the contrast and staying yeah. in a gear with a, you know, sleeping on the floor and then going and staying in a, occasionally I'd book myself into a really nice hotel because it just feels so good after you've been maybe slumming it in Mongolia for four or five days, you know? So Yeah. When I know my mother-in-law, which I think is amazing, at the age of like 66, went hiking the El Camino in Portugal with a bunch of girlfriends. And that was a trip she never thought she'd take in her life. And you're hiking all day and someone delivers your bags to, you know, basically a and b or a hotel. But again, there is a lot out there that is not focused on drinking, regardless of your age, regardless of how much money you have. 
Um, you can go big, you can go economical, you will save a lot of money not drinking. So even planning that, I think it's a huge motivator, like being like, I'm going to save my alcohol money that I'm not consuming in a sober trip fund. And that's a big motivation. One other thing I wanted to say, so I went to Venice and Croatia and Slovenia um, when I was four months sober. It was a big trip. It was, it was, you know, I remember telling my sober coach on day 16, I talked to her and saying, okay, I'm really worried because I'm going on this trip to Italy with my, with my mom and my sister and holy shit, what am I going to do? And she was like, okay, okay. Yeah. When's that trip? And I was like, yeah, it's 110 days from now or whatever. And she was like, let's talk about that a hundred days from now. Like it was, and, and I actually think it's helpful to plan it in advance. Like we're talking about, like think it through, think about what you're going to do, plan activities based on your intention to not drink. But she was right in terms of like, you don't need to future trip. If you have a trip 30 days out, 60 days out, six months out, I've heard people worrying about it. Like you will be in so much of a more solid place at that time than you are in the early days or when you're thinking about drinking. And it's going to be amazing. So don't have your trip be a reason why you're going to drink for four more months. Because, you know, I was so happy I didn't drink on that trip or didn't drink again after I had three, four months of sobriety. Because I know I would have looked back for the rest of my life and be like, oh shit, I had this period of alcohol free and I went back to drinking and then I was climbing my way out of drinking again for a long time. Like I would have looked at it with regret. And instead, if you put this like sober trip front ahead or set this intention as a reward, as a sober treat that you get to do this thing because you're not drinking, it can serve as a motivation, not a reason to never get started. Yeah, definitely. I think it's important to have those those little things to look forward to definitely and to to treat ourselves with even if it's a, a short uh, a short kind of event. I mean, do they have any sober events where you where you're based in your city and Yeah, I mean, I'm a member of this great um group like I said is she recovers they have sharing circles. We actually have a really strong group of very cool women with more joining every day in Seattle. So we've gone on group things like there was a, a sober pop-up bar, Sands Bar, where they came to town and they were, you know, it was Ooh. a bar for a night, all these non-alcoholic drinks. So that was really fun. We've had um, groups come for yoga retreats just for the day and we've all gone to that. Um, and then we sort of get together. One of my friends has a farm with goats and, um, you know, we go there and kind of hang out. So there are definitely activities around that, you know, we get together as sort of women who quit drinking and we all bond and we have a lovely time. Um, but there's also a lot going on with people who don't just prioritize drinking so much. So um, when I quit drinking, I signed up for the Wanderlust Mindful Triathlon. That's Ooh. something that actually travels all around the U.S. and Canada. I'm not sure if they're international, but they can be a one-day event or a three-day event. And, you know, in the one I did, you did a 5K run. You can walk, too. Um, you you do a big, giant yoga session with, like, a 100 women and a few men. 
in a field and a group meditation and a dance party. And then there are all these like breakout things you could do. Like you could do try aerial yoga or, you know, face painting. I mean, it was just incredibly fun. And they were serving kombucha. Like it was amazing and not alcohol based. So I think we all think of the concerts we always go to drinking or, you know, all the events. And there is a ton out there that maybe you've never even looked for. Yeah. Yeah. It seems to be that the focus is, is shifting and it's, uh, it's really encouraging to see the, these bars pop up as well. I was having a look on LinkedIn the other day and, um, I think it was talking about seven, seven bars in the U.S these alcohol-free bars. The Sans bar I'm aware of, and I've, I've heard of them, I follow them on uh, Instagram, but uh, yeah, hopefully we'll see lots more of uh, these kinds of things popping up. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing I wanted to mention that really helped me was I had a reminder on my phone. So when I first stopped drinking, I created these sort of iPhone, you know, backgrounds with quotes. You can do it in Canva. A bunch of them exist. Mm -hmm. And I put them as my screensaver, my lock screen. So whenever my phone went off, it was what you saw and also my background. And that really helped me because I don't know about you, but I look at my phone literally about 200 times a day. (laughs) And, you know, it's just my camera. People call me, people text me. It's my phone, my alarm clock. So on it, when I went to Venice, I put this quote on my lock screen that said, I didn't come this far to only come this far. Yeah. And that to me was just like, I'm not going back. I'm not like I have done four months. I'm going to keep going. And so I'm not going to be like, well, I did four months. I drank. Just kidding. I'm going to drink for another (laughs) however long because we know how hard it is to restart. So having that kind of daily, hourly reminder when you're, you know, craving a drink or seeing other people drinking, that can be super good. And then the other thing I do, which is kind of crazy, but I um, love colorful jewelry, is every place I go, I buy a new really cool necklace. So I did it in Venice and Croatia and Mm -hmm. Amsterdam and Greece, but... um, it and Mexico, but it's kind of like instead of spending my money on alcohol, I have this great reminder of my trip that I get to wear. And so that's kind of cool too. I mean, there's so many ways to enjoy a place without, you know, drinking all day. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm I'm pretty sure that I did something similar to that actually. You mentioning the, the jewelry. But yeah, why not? I mean, this is money you'd be saving otherwise you'd be spending it on booze and you know any little thing that helps you mentioned the little kind of affirmations and there there are quite a lot of apps apparently out there I mean I'm not too sure uh, familiar with myself and for for me I also use these kind of affirmations and but more for for example you know whenever you quit drinking you then have your own kind of emotional recovery to do and you know in some areas of of life more than others so on my Instagram I follow quite a lot of accounts that um, talk about positive mindset and they've got Mm. lots of these kind of affirmations and I always save I save the ones on Instagram that I find that are really meaningful meaningful for me and then I go back and I look at those when I'm going through a bit of a tough moment and I suppose the same could apply then for for the drinking you know if you're 
you're feeling triggered or you're going through a tough moment, have a look at these and they really just bring it back to you why I'm doing this and how I know it's possible to keep going. Well, I love putting useful links in the show notes and things we talk about. So would love to, of course, we'll share all your information. But if you have two or three of your favorite Instagram accounts to share, and of course, that um, Sober Travel Women's Group on Facebook, Mm -hmm. send me those links because I want to share them out with people um, as ways to help. Yeah, sure. I'd be happy to. The other thing that obviously I, a lot of the women I work with go on sort of their very first sober trip while we're working together. And one thing that helps is to really reflect on what you're doing differently and what's good because you're not drinking. So for me, it was, I would, um, when I was in Mexico, instead of being hungover and drinking, I would, you know, tuck in early, which was lovely and with a good book. And then I would actually wake up at 6am and get my cup of coffee and go sit on this beach when no one else was awake. And it was absolutely beautiful and just kind of take some pictures and be quiet out there. So that was something that I was like, I get to do this. And I would never have seen this if I was drinking. I also have, you know, my clients text me, and I wanted to share two things that they sent me on sort of their first alcohol-free trip ever. Um, one of my clients went on a trip to Hawaii with a girlfriend. And of course, she had always drank on all of these trips. And she did all the prep things that help, right? Telling her friend she wasn't drinking, um, planning ahead for what she would want to do. You know, all the other things, texting me, texting someone who, who you know, supports them. But she also said that um, the night before she had been pretty envious of her friend drinking a giant margarita and two glasses of wine, which is normal, right? Completely normal. We love drinking. So it's hard, you know, it's normal to be jealous. But then she said we had a hike planned for the morning. It was her idea, her friend's idea originally. And she got up at 6 a.m., walked on the beach, watched the sunrise by herself, came back, and her friend bailed on the hike because she was feeling, you know, lazy. And she went by herself and had the most amazing time. She said the views were incredible. Altitude was wonderful. And she's, you know, the, she wouldn't have traded the solitude and the beauty and the awe for a couple of drinks the night before. And that was incredible. Like just saying, yeah, I was jealous. And this was something amazing that I will remember for the rest of my life. And I would not have done this if I had been drinking. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to put into words how good those kind of experiences make you feel when you you know you kind of accept them and you you no longer you no longer see this whole quitting boosting as a a, you're a losing situation you're just like wow you know what 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 have I been missing out on and it's not to say that you should think oh I've missed out on so many things but personally I can relate to the you know the stories that you talked about going the hike and going on the beach I mean Whenever I quit drinking in Korea, I bought a bike and I cycled down the east coast of Korea. And every morning I got up and if I was near a beach, I would get up and watch the sunsets. The sunsets from the east coast of Korea are absolutely, absolutely beautiful. And um, 
yeah, there really just are are no words to describe those kind of experiences. And so, yeah, I can really relate to that. Yeah. And, you know, another client is like texting me pictures of this gorgeous street drink and saying that she, you know, never tried these drinks before because I know we think there is nothing to drink if you don't drink alcohol and said she had never tried this fresh coconut and strawberry drink. And it was like the best thing she had ever tasted in her whole life. It sounds amazing. And you know what? There are so, especially if you go somewhere kind of tropical, there are so many delicious things out there that you can drink. And um, as well, alcohol-free drinks in general, I know they're not for everybody, but uh, they're really, a, the choice is growing and there's so many tasty things. They don't even have to be filled with sugar. And Well, yeah. a couple of things, like go in the winter, you go somewhere where you're snowshoeing or skiing or hiking or whatever, like hot chocolate, the things you never experienced since you were a kid, like a hot chocolate cocoa with like marshmallows in it, that can be amazing. And, you know, like you said, I personally love non-alcoholic beer. Um, and I went to Amsterdam and was incredibly happily surprised that non-alcoholic beer was actually everywhere, like every restaurant, every bar. I went to my cousin's house. They drink. They don't know that I quit drinking before I got there. They just had non-alcoholic beer in their fridge just because they were like, sometimes we feel like tasting a beer, but don't want to get a buzz. I was like, who are you? You know, but it, it's not as um, unusual as you think it is when you're so focused on drinking or not drinking as being so huge and, and scary in your life. Yeah, and it, it can really help a lot of people. And for me, it just adds that extra sense of joy to a situation. If I can go out there and don't, I mean, I like water and everything, but let's be honest, when you're going out, uh, you, you might you want something a bit extra special and uh, whether that's a kombucha. Um, I actually have two two boxes full of kombucha here for one of my trips because we, we have alcohol-free drinks tasting in all of our trips as well. Oh, cool. That's, that's awesome. Um, yeah, it's a big part of uh, of our trips. Um, we sometimes have people from the the companies themselves come out and do a tasting. They go into it in a bit more depth, or the organizer will will do it. And um, yeah, a wide range of alcohol free drinks. Uh, but of course, if people don't want to drink them, they don't have to. But yeah, it's just you know why should people that don't drink have to sit with the, the crappy glass? Of, oh, I hate uh, that. Yeah. Co- or Coca-Cola or, you know, why should the, the drinkers have all the fun? And I think the drink drinks industry is waking up to that now. And here it's, it's just huge. I mean, I'm about to launch a trip tomorrow. It's, um, it's a bit, it's a girls weekend in London. Actually, it's happening in October and we've got an experience with, um, a, a friend, Alex, Alex Norwood Hill, and he's the first, uh, sober sommelier. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, he's great. He's going to do an experience with, um, very, he chooses really, really great drinks, really high quality, really great tasting drinks. And he's going to do an experience with drinks and mocktails. So that's going to be super. But yeah, it's I kind of a big here. I mean, I've had clients. So when I, for example, go to a place with my husband, he still drinks. And so he brings his drinks, no wine, because I to this day, I'm like, no fucking wine in my house. Like, you know, yeah. I wouldn't drink it. But like, why? Why have it there? 
But, you know, we'll go and I'll pick up my non-alcoholic beer and bring it. So I have stuff to drink or ginger beer or kombucha or whatever your jam is because you still, you know, you still like to have those drinks at home. I have a client who was going to Hawaii and actually I order from Athletic Brewing Company and Groovy that has a really awesome non-alcoholic Prosecco. And she's like, I just shipped a case of, you know, just sent a case of the Athletic Brewing Company beer to, you know, where I'm staying because I want to have it there. So there's a lot you can do where you're not going to feel like, oh my God, I'm just sitting here with water. It just takes thinking about it in advance. Um, And that's really awesome. The other thing I wanted to mention was I know for a lot of people going to see family is a big trigger, like either family vacations or, you know, in the summer or especially at holidays. And one thing I want to encourage, especially if your family can be a trigger or overwhelming or they drink a lot, is think about getting your own Airbnb or hotel room or something Mm -hmm. right nearby, like having a place to retreat at the end of the day or to leave early and not be surrounded by all that can be really helpful, not just for not drinking, but for mental health as well. Like you're a grown up somehow. I'm in my mother's house. I am suddenly a 13 year old girl. (laughs) Whenever with all the resentments and annoyances and everything else, like it doesn't matter that I'm 45. And so, you know, if possible, you can make any excuse, you can blame your kids, you can blame your husband, you can blame work. Um, but a lot of women I work with have said that they've done that and it's just been game changing in terms of feeling happier. Yeah. Well, I mean, your family, they, they know how to push your buttons and you can get very easily triggered. Um, but I think it's really good advice what you said. And, and often just in general, if, if I have, if I know that I have to go to some kind of event like that, or you need to be able to get away usually a bit earlier, you know, people that, quit so they're not drinking they don't tend to want to stay up as late as everyone else and some people do some people you know get really into that but it's nice to have to be able to get away to nip away to get some quiet and uh yeah 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 absolutely um and one of the things we were talking about i know we've talked about um, we love Lucid's awesome like activity destination trips where you have a lot going on. We've talked about yoga and meditation retreats, which are lovely as well. Um, one of my friends who I've had on the podcast, Margaret Ward, who runs Recovery Run Adventures. I'm not a runner, but I always aspire to be <laughs> and I've never done it. But uh, she runs trips that are really cool where you go to Iceland or Norway or Italy and you run like a half marathon or a marathon with a group of a small group of other women who are alcohol free as well. And Mm. so, you know, you run, they're not all amazing fast runners. It's for the experience, but you also do a tour and experience the city and stay in a, in a beautiful place. Um, so there is so much out there. And you can really find stuff based on your hobbies as well. Yeah, you know, that's a really good idea. You'd be surprised how many people that quit booze get into running. It's actually a huge 
uh, it's quite a big thing. A lot of people do. I suppose it's, you know, you don't need much. You can get out and you, you start small and you build it up and people start to feel really good. So I'm not surprised that that's taken off for Margaret. I am. Um, I do. I think we're connected somehow on social media and yeah, great idea. Yeah, absolutely. So I know you've given people such amazing ideas and inspiration and ways they can think about alcohol-free travel. Is there anything else you want to share? You know, I always say, just don't be afraid to think outside the box a little bit and to to push yourself. I know this phrase is used all the time, push yourself out of that comfort zone. It doesn't need to be something extreme. You don't need to climb Everest or... but. Think about just doing something differently because it will give you that extra confidence. Think about maybe going away on your own. Uh, you you really won't regret it, the connections that you make. Just, um, yeah, don't be afraid to try something new. That's what I would definitely say. I love that. And, of course, we're going to put links in the show notes to your amazing trips. And hopefully people can follow you on social media to see what you're up to. Yeah, and the the idea was always to do international trips, Casey. It's just with the the current situation, we've scaled it back to to UK trip. And actually, before COVID hit, I'd say forty, almost half of my customers that had signed on for the Spanish trip were from North America, and and they are they're signed up to my newsletter and I'm watching what's going on. So I'll be good to get it'll be good to get them back on board as soon as. I start doing trips and um, uh, I was thinking, well, I'm planning, I've got an idea for Colorado, putting one together in Colorado, also the Maldives. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah. There's, I would there's love lots. to come on one of your trips someday. That's definitely bucket list for me. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I want this to, I want this to grow. I want people to be able to come on our trips all over the world. It's, it's not purely a UK thing. That's just for now. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This was great. Yeah, thank you. It's been great to chat to you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Hello Someday podcast. If you're interested in learning more about me, the work I do, and access free resources and guides to help you build a life you love without alcohol, please visit hellosomedaycoaching.com. And I would be so grateful if you would take a few minutes to rate and review this podcast so that more women can find it and join the conversation about drinking less and living more. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there.